Hi, this is Mark. Thank you for joining me on Words of Truth podcast today. I want to talk about pursuing an uncompromised life. You know, it's not hard for us as Christians to be swayed by and to give in to the demands of an ungodly world around us. Maybe simply because we want to, what, just fit in or maybe because of various pressures put on us by our job or the political environment that we find ourselves in, or the changing rules of society. And there's a great danger to our spiritual lives when we begin to compromise on how the Word of God clearly demands us to live and to think. We clearly find both precepts and principles in the Word of God. For example, the Ten Commandments are precepts. Love the Lord your God. Don't covet. Obey your mother and father. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie, etc. Those are clear rules in the Bible that God wants us to obey. But there are also principles in the Bible. For example, God called Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar. And although this wasn't the norm for those who followed God in those days, and it was really a strange request from God at that, given this was the son that God had promised to Abraham and to Sarah, but we find Abraham obeying God's request without question. And just about the moment that Abraham was going to sacrifice his son, God stopped him and provided an animal sacrifice. Now, there's a principle that we can learn from that. And the principle from the story is related to, well, one principle, is related to obedience and God's provision. In this story, we learn that God will sometimes test our level of commitment to him. But in the end, he will always bless our obedience. And all that to say, the world we live in today is increasingly shunning God's word and obedience to him with everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. The world's teaching, the ungodly world's teaching of there being no absolutes leads them to every conceivable variance of the word of God with no sense of an absolute right or wrong, moral purity or absolute truth. And then some Christians feel that in order to fit in to society and not be persecuted or held back or looked on as strange or different, they forsake what God's word clearly teaches and simply cave in or compromise God's truth by going along with whatever the world demands. I believe that the temptation to compromise our faith in favor of the world's demands is nothing but an outright attack from the devil, whose purpose is to ultimately attack the throne of God. And to ward off the evil one's attacks, we need to maintain a clear distinction between two kinds of attacks. Now, they might look similar, but they require different handling. And even though we ultimately already have victory through Christ over the evil one, if we aren't wary of the evil one's ways, we'll easily fall prey. So first of all, Satan will focus his strategies on penetrating the heart and mind 
of the uncompromised believer and bring about disobedience. At 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Now listen to this, your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. You see, Satan is always looking to break through our defense systems, kind of like a cyber attack. People are always trying to break through the firewalls of computer defense system these days to cause havoc. Well, in the very same way, a believer who is walking in the spirit is attentive and discerning and more liable to reject the evil one's temptations. It's like they've got their firewall up, right? But here's the thing. Satan will rarely attack us head on. No, 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 no. His methods are far more subtle with what appears as <clears throat> convincing suggestions. The same as he used on Eve in the Garden of Eden. He'll say things like, try it, you'll like it, or a little bit won't matter, or no one is watching, who will it harm, or God just is trying to keep you from something good. You see, Satan toys with our minds, and once he penetrates that firewall, our conscience, and we choose to sin, then the shield, which is a spirit surrounding our life, is broken down to some degree. Not that the spirit himself is broken down, but we allow there to be um, a lack of defensive system by, by grieving the spirit and and then Satan finds a wormhole to crawl through. And then when we sin and we're left with unconfessed sin in our life, then we experience a broken relationship with God. That's what I mean by saying that the Spirit's defensive system is broken down. We allow that. It's not the Spirit who moves away. It's us who move away from the Spirit. Now, Ideally, as Christians, we'll recognize the sin when it happens because the Spirit, you know, will continually point it out to us. He's like the holy hound of heaven. And then when we have our sin pointed out to us, ideally, we'll confess it to God, which will restore our relationship with God. And the defense system goes back up. But if we don't confess our sins then the devil will move his ground forces with another kind of attack, which is prolonged and means to increasingly disable the believer. You see, Satan is a murderer, and he seeks everyone's worst. He's not looking out for us. He's looking to destroy us. He's not looking out for our good. He, he only wants to disable us and ultimately murder us. Uh, he detects how we reflect God's image, which is a testimony of God's order, beauty, holiness, and goodness. And so his goal is to ruin people by hurting their bodies and even assisting them to take their own lives. For example, the drugs people are on delude them and take away their sense of discernment and judgment and hope and sense of responsibility, leaving them easily controlled from the outside or a compromise of lifestyle that is a variant from God's word, uh, leads people down the path of moral and spiritual compromise, and their hearts become hardened to the truth until they can't feel the conviction of the Spirit anymore. 
And yet, while the devil attacks us, our loving God is always seeking to draw us back to himself. Sorry, that's my doggie trying to play ball. All right, where were we? Oh, the devil attacks us. It's kind of like my dog is attacking me right now. And he's always trying to lead us astray, always trying to get us off course, just like my dog did just now, got me off course. <laughs> and yet, while the devil attacks us, our loving God is always speaking to draw us back to himself. Oh, Satan will try to keep us from confessing our sins to the Lord by using pride and ignorance and self-righteousness. Remember in the Garden of Eden that uh, Eve blamed the devil? And Adam blamed his wife, and they both blamed God, but they didn't own up to their own sin because of ignorance and pride. But cleansing from the blood of Christ will release us from the confusion and guise that Satan is cleverly uses on us. But here's the deal. If Satan has allowed a foothold in our, foothold in our lives, then he'll continue to work to get into one room after the other. And once he gets into one room, he doesn't rest until he gets into another room. And that's the reason when a person gets into a personal problem in their lives and that, that, that there are probably problems in other parts of their lives. The use of alcohol is often connected to anger and guilt. So that's an example. You see, each collapsed area weighs down on a person and fights against victory. And once there's one area that collapses, well, uh, it's like a domino effect. We should keep in mind that the devil's ultimate purpose is to hook us with a temptation that never satisfied, like throwing a hook into a pond and that fish comes along and sees that yummy morsel of a worm or whatever. And that's just the temptation but when he grabs the hook, well, then he's in trouble. And that's what happens to us. And once we see the bait and then he'll begin to offer us something else to lure us even farther away from God and a ploy for satisfaction and purpose. But but it never comes. And the devil gets us further into his grasp and he takes us farther than what we want to go and keeps us longer than what. We want to want to stay. And here's the deal. I, I don't want you to miss this. At any point along the way, we can step off the path into God's marvelous grace and find freedom and forgiveness. First John 1 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, unfortunately, a lot of Christians don't accept the truth of God's promise forgiveness. But if you'll start by telling the Lord about how you've disappointed and disobeyed him, if you'll start by just saying it aloud or writing it down, the devil will begin to lose his grip hold on your life and the darkness will begin to break up and enough light will begin to shine in so that you'll be able to see the cross where forgiveness and hope for living will be rediscovered. Maintaining an uncompromised life is the best life for any believer. I'm not saying that it's easier without temptations because we've already seen that the devil will always be prowling about trying to trip us up. 
But if we'll live in accordance with God's word, and if we don't treat any little sin lightly, and if we'll ask God to help us to walk away when we see compromise staring us in the face, well, you know what? Satan is going to have to leave. James chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Resist him. How do you resist him? By clinging to God. Start walking towards God. And if we're walking in oneness with God, he'll give us the insight to spot when the devil is trying to get us to reason with him, to gain more influence in our lives. It's like the teller at the bank who is able to spot a counterfeit bill. It's because they've seen the real thing long enough that when the fate comes along, they, they can spot it right away. And when we as believers walk with God long enough, we can see a counterfeit lie easily and be able to run from it. But if you do sin, and you probably will, confess it at once to God. And at that point, you'll find a higher level of protection from the enemy. And you'll walk in a greater abundance and joy that anything in this world has to offer. I'll close with this, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. Pursue righteousness, now flee from youthful lusts, and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week.